Greetings from Podcastville. The Church of What's Happened Now is brought to you by Zip Recruiter. A fresh new year has begun, and if you're setting on new goals for your business, it's extremely difficult to reach them without the right people on your team. ZipRecruiter has transformed how you go about finding them. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, the Church of What's Happening Now family can get ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash church. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash church. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash church. Number two. You know I'm going on it when I'm down in Austin, Texas. I'm proud to get my goodie bag. You know why? Because I can't live without it. I'm a 55-year-old dude. I got my head in a thousand places. Alpha brain fucking fills the void. Reefer fills the void. But alpha brain, spectacular, okay? The shroom tech is finally working because I'm losing weight around my fucking diaphragm and I'm fucking doing the breathing exercises. Now the shroom tech is taking it to the next level. Listen, when it comes to supplements, on it is the way to go. Go to onit.com right now and press in. Church. Bam! And get 10% off of your first order delivered right to your house. Give it a chance. Give it a try. You wanted to start a new year. Here I am with an offer you can't fucking lose, okay? If you don't like the Alpha Brain, tell us. We'll send you the money back. We don't even want the product. Who's better than fucking Alpha Brain? Who's better than Onnit? Nobody. Go to Onnit, press in church, and get the party started. Go to Zip Recruiter, press in church, and get the party started. Kick that fucking mule, Lee. Oh shit, black people, Martin Luther. That's what I'm talking about. Oh shit. Everybody's eating fucking Valium on that stage. Playing trumpets, jumping up and down. My man, Louis Gomez. What's up, baby? The Christ Killer, Lee Syatt. Hello. And your Uncle Joey coming direct. It's a beautiful motherfucking day to be alive. You're alive and kicking. You got the world by the balls. And who's going to fucking stop you? Nobody. You don't have to go to work today, you lazy cocksucker. It's Martin Luther King Day. How are you, Mr. Gomez? I'm feeling pretty good, man. And I, I cannot imagine uh, to be, uh, I cannot imagine a better way to be celebrating uh, black culture and Martin Luther King than getting high with Uncle Joey and Lee Syatt. Two of my favorite people in the world. Fuck Definitely yeah. my favorite people in L.A., this without a doubt. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. We keep it simple. We keep it real. There's no drama. There's no fucking adjectives. There's nobody here sitting here fucking wanting to hang out. and Nothing. We're bare bones. We don't want to do nothing. We just want to fucking talk shit, smoke reefer, and talk to you beautiful people. How was your weekend, Lee? It was good. But for, well, first of all, about the weekend, 
I don't know what it says about me. One the best party I've been to in years was a five year old's birthday party. Yeah, Mercy throws a good party. <laughs> she really does. She knows how to rock and roll. But it, was it, that your kids? Buddy? Yeah, I yes. had my son's five year old birthday party. Yeah, Saturday. Just last, just last Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. We saw it the exact same day. We celebrated our kids' five, yeah. fifth birthday. No, this. When is your daughter? When is your son's birthday? My son's birthday is December 29th. Okay, but we because it was during the break, we wanted him to be the back kids, in school the and kids you know and get invitations. So yeah. we did it. Yeah, this past uh, Sunday actually. Sorry. So you the, the sixth, yeah, or the seventh around there. Seventh, the seventh. S- the seventh. Yeah, we did a, her birthday is the eighth, but we did it on the thirteenth, and it was cool as shit. I got some Cuban potato balls. Some. I got some pasta I got like got all of them. them. I got twenty two fucking pizzas. You did it at home? And coke. Nah, bro. We did it at the park. I got a yard. Okay, right. but it's limited. I got weights back there. I got a barbecue grill with points <laughs> back there. You know, I got a living room set back there in the yard, like to sit yeah. back there, but not for fucking 60 kids. No. You know, not for the amount of kids that were coming with parents. So there's a park right around the corner. It's clean as shit. It's first come, first serve. You get three stalls. You put your food out there like a fucking Puerto Rican beautiful. Nobody Perfect. bothers you at all. Yeah. You bring the conga drums. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> says the dick. You're not allowed to drink, though, right? Listen, you can't jump up and down with booze and wave a Confederate flag. <laughs> but if you're fucking sneaking a few cocktails, ain't nobody gonna bother right. at that part. But it's a kids' party. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I forget that it's I gave it's Los Angeles. to a few parents. Uh, of course. Like some parents I know on the cool side, I brought them all a little tushy, like a <laughs> like a fucking uh, little, what, I, what you ate. Yeah. I told them, cut it in fours, don't fuck around with them. Yeah. I, uh, I live in New York, so there's no doing it outside in the winter. See, we, we literally have to rent a space or do it at one of our apartments. And in New York, everything's really tiny. So you can't have fucking 30 kids running around. No. You got to rent the space. You got to rent the space. And we spent like $1,500. Yeah, that's it. On a five-year-old's birthday party. That's it. Yeah. Unless you got a garage. Listen, I could have done it a thousand places. I'm not one of those dudes. She don't need that shit. I don't want her in that fucking world. I'm going to tell people to stop with the gifts because they brought it up. And it was a table full of fucking gifts. Took her two days to open the fucking gifts. Two fucking days. When I left tonight, she was putting a ball with LOL balls into a fucking bucket. So you melt them, you have to get the doll in a, in a ball, get a bucket of water, and <laughs> put it in there, and then the thing fizzles like a blue Alka-Seltzer. Then you stick your hand in and take your toy out, and you don't know what the fuck the toy is. So you have to buy it not knowing what it is. It's yeah. a mind fuck for the child. <laughs> it really is a mind fuck for the yeah. child. and she loves it. Yeah, they love it. I, I don't like it because you don't even know what you're buying. She asked me one day, she goes, have you got my Toys R Us, get me, a, I think it's Cherry and Foxy. Then my wife goes, you're never going to find them, first of all, Toys R Us. Number two, they're sold out constantly. Number two, you can't pick your own dolls. you got to keep buying them until you get the doll. Oh, that's how they get you. Sounds yeah, like those twist things right. they used to have at the yeah, door. Yeah. Like you just open it up and you're like, oh, it's going to be something cool. And that's, it's never. That's brilliant. So they that they, that's the scam is they have you you have to keep on coming back keep coming back and it doesn't matter because you love your fucking daughter so no matter what she wants you have to say yes they got eighty dolls and then eighty <laughs> little dolls that accompany them you of know course and then they're gonna fucking come out and with then, the series two the dolls have the purses the do they have a TV shoes. show yet is that how they get them I have no no they're on YouTube oh even better so there's no they don't have to wait for new ones they're on YouTube because they get you <laughs> fucking early but I'm, I'm cutting that shit out because I'm going to break it down for and explain that you're getting beat yeah you don't even know what you're buying you know what I'm saying you gotta take it home and put in a thing of water yeah. to fucking figure out what you're buying it's I mean, a better lesson than that yeah. the, it's, a, it's a much better gift than that doll 
Like letting her know she's got to fucking be more savvy than you that. You don't even know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, get your life together. How can you fucking <laughs> buy something you don't even know what the fuck it is? You got to bring it home, put it in water, and wait there like a fucking do's and bots. And then if it's a double, what do you do? What do you do? You trade the kid across the street. You're describing how I buy weed in New York City. That's how you buy it. You just buy it like, what, I hope it's good. No, no, You no, come no. home. I don't do that. It's shit, not like bro. Cali, you know? No, but no, 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 no. Listen, bro. I don't like delivery service. Yeah. Because I don't want to send you away. I think 95% of the embarrassment for me was ever getting a hooker was that I'll throw a bitch out. If that's not what I ordered, you're going without no... Well, it's never what you order. No, if you tell me you're sending over fucking uh, Bridget Bardot, I'm waiting for Bridget Bardot. She comes up Mm. with a missing foot. We're going to have a problem kicking it down the fucking stairs. Yeah, well, my move was I would uh, jerk off before they got there and then not answer the phone. You fucking dirty best. No, like, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, I don't like that shit. I don't like just calling somebody. And, unless I know you, Gomez, unless I'm buying weed from you from eight years. And you actually call me up and go, like that, like the Cat Williams joke. Yeah. You know, Doug, remember what I gave you last week? Yeah, this is stronger. Then I'm one of those dudes. Right. I take your word for it. But for me just to call, like, one of these services around here and, and say, bring- give me the best you got. They're going to give me like 16% weed, and I'm going to be stuck at home. I don't want no delivery, none. I yeah, we get don't. It. It's getting a little bit better in New York City now. If you have like a, a hookup, like, but it's nothing like it is out here. This shit's fucking crazy. This is crazy. Now it's even they give taking me, the next step. It's even crazier now, bro. Now it's going to go recreational. Now the weed store opens at 6. Do you understand me? Oh, in at the morning? Six, yeah. Of course. 6 a.m. to 10 at night. Closed for eight hours. Dude, sixteen hour day. Two eight hour shifts the girls work over there now. I got hooked up with uh Speedweed hooking up. God bless Speedweed Soul. They're the fucking best. He's the best. He's and the best. They gave me a thing of weed. I don't even know what it is. I'm not I'm not fucking with you. There were gold flakes in the weed. Gold flakes, Joey. It's I, I don't I mean I'm not making uh, there's no, no way else no, to describe no. it. It's gold inside of the fucking weed. I don't even understand it. You saw those mushrooms. Yeah. Do they taste like mushrooms? No. Do they taste disgusting? No. Did you see horse shit on them? They were spotless, Bobby. <laughs> spotless. Yeah. Those things are spotless. And Lee almost puked his fucking head Lee off. Lee didn't even taste the mushroom. No, no, it's not the taste. It's like the no. texture does it to me. I don't know what it is. And I know what it is. You put it in between two stars like a cheeseburger. Like a fucking... And uh, it falls out. Yeah, you just freak out on the freak out. I freak out about everything. That's, that's Yeah, he freaks thing. out on the freak out. Lee, Lee is one of the, the most fun people to smoke weed with. Um, and he never says no. But whether Lee is smoking, eating... Or no matter what way he's consuming it, it looks like it is paining him to put it in his body. Like another, like it is fucking causing him so much pain to get, like he when he eats the edibles, he like, he like drinks water, like it's like really causing him like horrible, horrible pain. And I feel bad for you. I had to do, I had to learn how to do it. It's like the, uh, the competitive eaters. I'm no, like, you just have to just fucking put it in your mouth and chew. Yeah, but not when you eat 10 of them. I like tonight we didn't go that crazy, but there's some nights like the last time you were here. Where I had fifteen, yeah, it takes eight. It would take me an hour to eat fifteen stars. Shit. Normally, it takes you ten minutes. If I dip them in hummus, <laughs> I, them in we tried that. Minutes. We tried Stop that. Sucker. It tastes gross. Fuck. No, but uh, that's why I don't know if you guys ever get mad at like weed TV <clears throat> or weed in movies. Whenever they say they can't taste it in the edible, I just turn the I just turn it off. 
Because I've never is had. Is that what bothers you? Is it like the taste? That it's hard for you to get down. Is that why you need to drink the water with it? Yeah, I just I take it like a pill. That's all. It's just the taste. Because I love the taste of it. I like the taste. I, I t- it it's tastes like it? candy to me. I love. Oh come the on, taste man! You don't like the taste. Of I weed. swear to yeah, fucking god! Yeah, Are you kidding me? You react the way I used to react to whiskey when I was like seventeen or eighteen. The first time I would take a shot of whiskey, where it would like you'd really be like, "Oh, this is fucking awful," you know. Um, but the taste of marijuana, whether I'm smoking it or eating it, I swear to God, I, I love, love it. it. So, I love smoking it. is different it. than eating, though, for me. I, I like it. I like it when a good joint tastes good, like that. Like like there's a there's, that's something I enjoy. That ingesting marijuana, no, from who knows? Maybe it's from the, my early days of the. The uh, brownies, where they they just taste really like you're eating dirt. Over the last six years, I've <laughs> given you every fucking. Oh yeah, I've had I've everything. I've given you everything. I've given you. The <laughs> and I like gummies. Yeah. I've given him gummies. He's had it all. Cookies, <laughs> fucking, you know, and drinks. <laughs> oh yeah, drinks. Lee would weigh a hundred and sixty-five pounds. No, don't. <laughs> if he wasn't I'm just eating all the animals here. Let me tell you something. Lee's fantasy is my fantasy. Okay. <laughs> to be dropped off on an island with a room surrounded with your five favorite foods, oh. endless amounts, and reefer, and you don't have to wear clothes. You can eat naked because nobody will ever watch you eat. Yeah, you're alone. You're alone. Oh, you know, love it. Love it. About three that weeks ago. That does sound ago, great. Nick <laughs> Dutro came on the podcast and oh, he brought you. sausages and all this shit. And marinara sauce and the sausage, and he brought two loaves of bread. I brought that loaf of bread. There was one point I looked over (laughs) at Lee, and he was over the bowl. Like, at the end of the night, he was over it, like getting even. (laughs) And he was ripping the bread and dipping it, and there were crumbs everywhere, all over his face, the table. And I was leaving, and I came back three days later to get high by myself one day, and I looked around here, and it looked like a fucking bomb and hit this place. There was bread <laughs> everywhere. When I tell you, there was bread on the floor, the chairs. That wasn't all me, to be oh, fair. No, no, some of it was me, but it was... <laughs> Some of it was me, some of it was Nick. I mean, we were eating here like fucking animals. We got yeah. so fucking high. That's the thing I don't like it's about dangerous. animals. The, the shit we ate tonight makes you fucking hungry, 11.45. Yeah. Makes you want to kill a motherfucker. I, that's my thing. That's you, my addiction. You got to be prepared I have fucking, for the fucking hunger when from I, this edible. I, now I can control myself. With an edible, I eat an apple first. Then I eat another apple. Then I'll eat a piece of salami. <laughs> and I'll break down. You better tell for After two apples, I did, I did my part, Doug. The salami's still won the fucking war. You know what yeah. I mean? Every time I go to the store because of you, I buy apples for that reason. And that, that all works until I'm high. I've never won. Like, that's amazing to me that you actually go for the apple. Oh, they taste so fucking yummy. When you don't eat a peanut lot butter. of apples. Apples and peanut butter is one of the best snacks in the world. I can't have peanut butter in the house. Peanut butter, you lose weight. With all natural peanut butter, is just peanuts mashed up, doggy. Not if you eat the whole jar in one night. Listen, I'm a Jif dude. It doesn't matter. It's just fuck. First Take of all, your fucking natural organic. Shut up, your New York ass. I want Jif. When I went to prison, Jif was there for Uncle Joey. I can't desert Jif now because I want organic. Okay, first of all, they have organic Jif and they have all natural Jif. Do they? Yeah, they do. Um, I don't know. So here's the deal. Listen. Okay, crazy? I no, I don't weigh, like apple. I don't like peanut butter. I used to weigh three hundred and thirty pounds. Okay, and it was specifically because of weed. Okay, my first year of college, I started smoking weed when I was uh, almost eighteen years old. Okay, first time I ever smoked weed. I was almost out of high school. I was I was like a proud 
like straight edge, like, oh, I never smoked weed. I was proud of the fact that I didn't do drugs or drink or anything, right? And me and my friends, just like out of nowhere on a whim, we're like, let's just fucking get high one day. And we, you know, smoked a joint and I never turned back. <laughs> that was it. One joint, you know, when they say you don't get high with your first joint? Yeah, I didn't. I got, reta- dude, I got so high. There was no, and then I've been chasing the dragon ever since. That first high, I, I rolled around on the floor with my friends laughing harder than I've ever laughed in my entire life. I saw System of a Down and Incubus and Mr. <laughs> Bungle that night. High for the first time, it was it was incredible. Like, I of course I became a drug addict. What a fucking! It's like falling in love. It was unbelievable. Like, it was like yeah. now you. When I was a kid, I fucking hated everything that was associated with marijuana. Yeah, Louis Gomez, look at me. No, same thing. Long hair, no earrings, no that dirty look people had with the scraggly shirt, no. I didn't like nothing to do with it. And I played basketball. I went to karate, and the people I went to karate with were anti-fucking everything. They were even anti-sex, those young fucking little dummies. But in North Bergen, that was a complete different game. And I remember buying the first, splitting the first nickel bag, $2 a piece, and smoking a joint. Luis Gomez, I fell in love. Yeah. I fell in love. You hear music. Music. <laughs> I had like maybe eight albums the first time I got high. I mean, I, I knew music. Yeah. But at that time, my personal collection, I probably had like seven albums. The Beach Boys, something like Corny, Earth, Wind, Fire. <laughs> Once I started smoking weed, I fell in love with every aspect of music. It seemed like when I listened to music, no matter what language, no matter what they saying, I always found something good in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yoko Ono sounds bad, even if you fucking do heroin. You know, Yoko Ono is just bad. But everything pretty much sounds great when you're smoking pot. And you have, like, earphones, and you're relaxed, and you clear your mind to sit back and just listen to music. A lot of people can't do that. That's how, that was my escape when I was going through my shit as a kid. I would just get as fucked up as I could and just tuck myself in a corner with earphones and just that would be my world. That would be my safe place, you know. And it yeah. still is in many ways. A lot of times, if I'm having a fucked up day, I just go home, close the door in the office, plug the phone, put it in the fucking desk, and I put the earphones on and blast out, you know, six old songs from my youth, something I haven't listened to. And uh, I get my bearings back to me for a second. That's why I like uh, I like Pandora as, as opposed to Spotify. Uh, I just I just downloaded Spotify because Pandora, you can like discover shit that you forgot about. I put I put a it's like a '90s rock station on and like shit just comes up that you wouldn't think about that you're not gonna like happen upon. You know what I'm saying? I got serious in YouTube. Does the trick? Yeah, that's a, that's great too. YouTube. As well. If you get something on YouTube you like, and you listen to it two or three times, it get I think it gets your whatever. Because all the songs from that era will pop up. Yeah. So if I'm listening to AEIOU from 1982 Disco, all the other disco shit that was on the station with that pops up on YouTube. So I'll get like, you know, uh, I said, hip hop, hip all that yeah. shit. That's literally how they fucking make you an addict. Well, I do <laughs> it. I do it. I yeah, love dude. it. That's my. The, to, today, yeah. you know. You'll come to me, this guy will come to me, this guy will come to me, and I make mental notes. I'll write them down. You know what? When I get insomnia, when I w- wake up at 4 in the morning and I can't sleep, I'll listen to that band you told me about. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm one of those guys. Right. I'll write it down. 
I'll take your CD from you at a fucking show. I might not listen to it for a year, but I'll listen to it. Yeah. And when I listen to it, that's when I go, holy shit, I wish I would listen to this sooner, or I should have threw this away when yeah. you gave it to me. <laughs> Did you play music? Because you're so, you're so passionate about I was, music. I was in a band, like in the sixth grade. Would you, would you play? I was a singer with John Bender, this kid Ray Cannell, and this kid Dean Norman. But I always played conga drums. Because I was my mom's bar, I had a big association with a lot of Latin musicians, so I always play conga drums. My uncle plays the congas. My family has a band in Cuba, so I would take two conga drums and put songs on the jukebox at the bar, and I put a hat on the floor, and I just play congas for donations and shit. People Fuck just yeah. give me five bucks, six bucks to stop. Yeah, 20, twenty to stop. <laughs> twenty and fucking stop. You know what I'm saying? Oh shit! Yeah, I was in a. I was. I played drums. I was in a rock band in high school, and uh, you know, probably into my yeah, really my first year of college. But uh, I was very passionate about music then. I lost the passion for it. I, I love as a I, musician. You wanted to be in a band. I I was in a band. I wanted to do that. Um, and I had a passion for music at the time. Like I loved, I loved going to see like live shows me and bands. Too, yeah, like it was such a big fucking deal to me. And I don't know what happened. Maybe once I, it was really when I started comedy. Uh, maybe I just became like such a narcissist and like so in my own thing. This I remember there was a moment where I saw. Um, there's a really great cover band in New York. They might not even be around anymore, but they used to play on Canal Street in the Canal Room. And they used to do like crazy fucking 80s covers, like really dope. And they had a really cool live show, like like lasers and like cool shit. Really cool like New York experience. You go see this band. And uh, I remember my chick, my son's mother, we were dating this like seven years ago um, before I had my kid. And we're watching this band. And I remember <coughs> I'm watching them play and I, I got bummed out watching them play because I wasn't performing i wasn't doing what i was supposed to be doing at the time and i remember it was kind of a moment where i was like fuck dude i'm like not enjoying this is like a cool thing that i'm not really enjoying as much as i should you know well there's two avenues to that either you became a comic i think you're beating yourself up with the narcissistic shit and all those fucking big words i don't know what the fuck you're saying but huh. you, listen man there comes a time where you have so much time <laughs> Do you understand me? What's going on? You have so much time. You only have so much time. You 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 only have so much time, and you have to start picking of what's important. Do you want to make a living? Do you want to go watch bands play? Yeah. You know, if I lived in New York right now, I would have a goal of two clubs a month. But all that shit has changed than when I lived in the city. When I lived in the city, it was all day of type shit. I mean, they promoted on the radio and first come, first serve. There was no online, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Get tickets online. That's all gone, you know? Right. So for me, I'd be like a dinosaur myself, unless you'd say to me, Joey, this is a great band. Let me take you to go see him. Like, I'm thinking I'm going to see Joe Perry tomorrow night. I don't know if it's sold out or not. See if it's sold out Lee tomorrow night at uh, somewhere in Hollywood. You know, I'm thinking of going to see Joe Perry. Let's see if we can get some Joe Perry tickets. Yeah. On Martin motherfucking Luther King then. Last time I seen Joe Perry was in 83 at Radio City Music Hall. Are you fucking kidding me? Or what? That's great. 35 fucking years ago. I'm a fucking dinosaur. Anyway, who gives a shit? No, you have so much time, bro. 
And people get angry with you. People, how much? Starting at one ten. One ten a ticket. That's not for, bad for general admission. Jesus, where's the? Where it's oh, uh, that might be resale. Unfortunately. Yeah, where is it at? The Roxy. The Roxy. Yeah, so it's great to see Joe Perry. Yeah, it's great. Hundred bucks, see Joe Perry at the yeah, Roxy. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm not even a big Aerosmith fan, but I guess he joked with the Roxy. I, I always have. I'm a big fan of his. You know what it was with me? Even when I was a kid with music, I always like. Uh, I never, I never really liked. Uh, even with, like pro wrestling, like pro wrestling music, I always liked the alternative to what was like popular. Like growing up, for some reason, it never like got me like excited to like the the either the band or the fucking whatever it was that was popular. I was always like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, uh, so like Aerosmith, I never really got into Aerosmith, but I was like really into Motley Crue. I was really into fucking like Skid Row. Um, yeah. Zeppelin? Yeah, but not the same way I was into Motley Crue and Black Skid Row. Sabbath. No. It, you know, the other thing is, I, got, Priest, I had a like sister who's two years older than me. So when you have a, a sibling, you kind of just, whatever they fucking like, you like. You like, right. You know, you don't really have a choice. So when my sister was growing up, like, you know, we were. I grew. I was born in '82, so yeah, dude. She was fucking cool as shit. Even though she wasn't cool, she was just cool as shit to me. So all the bands she like, she loved Poison. So I was like a fucking po- I was like a little gay kid who liked Poison. Just fucking wearing a Poison T-shirt. No little Puerto Rican kid in Havershaw, New York, wore a fucking Poison T-shirt in 1989. And that was my first two concerts ever. Poison, the Private Poison Pizza Party. We won tickets from Z100. My mom won us tickets. And then uh, we saw Poison at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And I just thought, I loved it. No, I loved the whole excitement of the thing. I just don't like getting ripped off. When I found out parking for the Rams games was $100, <laughs> I almost lost my fucking mind. That you have to fucking uh, buy the thing before you go to the game, a fucking parking space. $100. Oh, yeah. And each time. And then the fucking Rams. Not even that. That takes my whole fucking excitement away from going to see football and any of that shit. I, what about, I, I the, what mind, about movie theaters? What about having to pay to park in a movie mind, theater? Like I said before, I don't mind going to a, an event and paying. I just don't want to feel fucked in the ass. I'm like the regular American consumer. I don't mind paying the overpriced ticket. All right? I don't mind doing that and sitting somewhere nice with my family or my friends. But when you bang us out for a hundred, I think it's a hundred and fifty dollars for Rams parking. Twenty bucks is like a fucking twelve block walk <laughs> or some shit like that. That that kills me. That just kills me. Joe Perry tomorrow night, a hundred and ten dollars. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? That that's fair. Yeah. But again, not fucking really. It's not Aerosmith. It's Joe fucking Perry. Yeah. I'll give you the half a yard and the whistle home. You know what I'm saying? But a fucking yardstick on a Monday night. You got some pair of balls on Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> you follow me? No, dog. Now you're not going to go. You no, turn, they, they turned yeah, you. Yeah, you know, I don't mind lifting the rock. But these people want to fuck you in the ass. And that's what they want to do to the whole consumer. Look at this thing with the little kid with the yellow old doll. They start fucking you in the ass when you're four. So what what you're kid? Two, my daughter with the LOL dog. Oh, okay. Well, did they have something like that when you were a kid? Like, they had it when I was growing up. What they have? They had Pokemon cards. They had... Yeah, but those aren't expensive. How no. much are those yeah, dogs? Yeah, but if you buy 8,000 yeah. of them, these yeah, kids had no. packs. When I was a kid at golf... When I was growing up, when I would go take those Miami trips at golf gas stations, 
for 50 cents. You gave them fucking 50 cents or a quarter. Pokemon weren't 50 cents. Pokemon No, they were like a quarter or something. Whenever you filled your gas tank or whenever you got gas, you got three fucking stickers and you put them in a book. And when you filled the book, you won a fucking award or something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean. I guess Topps cards was kind of Topps like the, the version because you, you were trying to get the card, you know, the. But it wasn't the same type of fucking. Well, top cards would give you a little fucking love every three packs. Yeah. I would just buy a box. Like when I was a kid, I would go work in my mother's bar. I would swindle them out of a 20 one way or another. And I'd just go, go buy, buy a box of baseball cards and fucking Jesus. Go and eat all that fucking yeah. gum and get jazzed up. Yeah, yeah, I would just fuck. I'd I didn't... have a stack of that stick gum. That's the real fucking jaw builder right there. That's why chicks in the 70s don't mind sucking your pipe because they chew that fucking bubble gum. Bazooka, was, bazooka gel gum. You got to gnaw on it for fucking. Bazooka, that other one, that the one that came with the baseball card. before you could break through it. The one that it was came like with, yellow and blue. No, the one that came with the baseball card was pink, okay? Really? And sometimes if, it was, if the cards were rotten, you got the hard stick, and you broke that thing in half, and it broke on the thing. That's worse than the shiv in prison. You'd slice the roof of your fucking mouth, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I cut the fucking roof of my mouth with one of those bubblegum sticks from a baseball pack? Yeah. But we were tough. We didn't give a fuck. Nobody sued Topps Baseball. That's what you get for chewing the gum, you dumb motherfucker. Well, now they're out of business. Are they? No, they're not. Actually, I and, think they're still in I think they're doing... Uh... And UFC cards. And nothing works the fucking jaw like a piece of bazooka when it's old, like it's stiff, but you still take the chance, you give it a lot of saliva, and you try to break it down with the enzymes. I feel like this is an analogy that no, I'm missing. No, no, there's a little bazooka gums. You know those little bazooka Fuck gums? Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, you go into the bodega, and they're very fresh. Yeah. You okay. Even, you, you yeah. Buy, let's say you have like eight cents, and you look around. <laughs> you don't want to put eight cents in the fucking thing for somebody, yeah. for some fucking uh, whatever to come and touch it with his fingers. Oh my God. So you go, how much are the bazookas? And he goes, three cents a piece. And you go, here's eight. Give me two. You even leave two cents. And you take two of them. And before you turn, you open, you look at the, the front page of the Daily News. And as you open up the gum, you pop it in your mouth and you start chewing. If it's fresh, you read the article in the Daily News, the front page, and you're like, wait a second, let me get 10 more of these for the walk. Because <laughs> there's nothing like fresh bazookas yeah. for the walk. Why not just buy a whole pack? No, they come like they come this. They only come in a fucking pack, Lee. They only come in a right, individual. So you used to buy the sticks 10 at a time? No, you could buy whatever you want. Not Fine. the sticks. They were, they were nickel Not the baseball sticks. No, I know. I know what you're talking about. They had the joke, gun. too. They had the, the little joke. Uh, that, uh, yeah, the little and joke. a tattoo. A which doubled yes. as a fucking tattoo. Uh, okay. It was a very that was a five cent fucking party, dude. They had a tattoo. They had a joke. They had a little fucking story thing, like a, a comic book, and the gum for five and cents. The gum, yeah. What, get, what name one thing today you can get for five cents that gives you all that? Nothing. I can't even make a joke about it. There's nothing. Yeah. I don't think you can buy anything for five cents now. Yeah. So it's, it's really. Fun. Do you give your kid an allowance? Because I'm thinking about giving my kid an allowance. I'm no, thinking she of the just appropriate, turned five. Appropriate this amount. Is the deal. I'm gonna bring her here once a week for an hour and give. Just to do your ad reads. <laughs> maybe do the ad maybe, reads. Maybe, maybe clean up a little bit. Yeah. I'll make it paint something for the wall. Right. And then uh, I'm gonna give her a slash allowance slash ten bucks an hour for help. Ten, Jesus. Solid. Kids have got a better deal now. That's solid. It's a pretty decent job, actually. I'm going to give a 10. For I'm debating years. moving to L.A. and being that guy for you. I was going to say, are you going to try to adopt? Can I, can I paint things no. for you and clean up once in a while? Listen, you got to remember one thing. An hour in her mind is fucking 10 minutes. 
<laughs> well, it's like fucking so one gonna, one thousandth of her life. She's gonna come in here and rub the chair with something, rub this. She's gonna help me throw stuff away. I gotta hide all the fucking paraphernalia. I'm gonna tell her to throw away the gum to help me with the albums. <laughs> And then uh, my son saw a blunt in my ear the other day. I rolled a blunt. I was leaving him with his babysitter, and it was in my ear. And uh, oh no no no, dude! He was already in bed, dude. He was already in bed. I rolled a blunt after he was in bed, getting ready to go. You know, and the room is pretty fucking dark, like really dark actually. But his eyes had already adjusted to being in the room. So I walk into the room to go get something. I had a blunt behind my ear, so I was going to I was going to leave, and he goes, Dada, what's in your ear? And I was like, oh. I was like, a pen, and I thought it was a pen. And now he brings up fucking every single day. He's like, do you remember how you had a pen in your ear? Why'd you have a pen in your ear? So I was like, fuck. But it's kind of funny, like now I gotta put a pen here when your wife's around. I know. Just so in case he goes, what was he talking about? Pen here? Not in my ear. I was carrying books, and the pen was gonna fall, and I put the pen in my hat. I did tell him at uh, was it Christmas? Whatever holiday it was, there were edibles. And people had them, and uh, he wanted candy because he saw candy. They were little like Tootsie Rolls, basically. And I told him that um, I was like, "You can't have them." I was like, "There's." I told him there's alcohol in them. So in a I think that why do we demonize weed and like edibles and all this other shit? People are drinking wine and whiskey at a, and beer at a Christmas party or whatever. So I just kind of the easiest way for him to understand it is that it would you know it's it's for adults and it would intoxicate you you know he understands what alcohol is I don't have to you know explain what weed is just yet but I also felt like fuck it like I'm gonna like tell him you know the truth that this is you know something that adults are you know doing and it's not for kids and it gets you you know drunk like it would alcohol you know is that crazy? Whatever works probably yeah. You know. <laughs> You know, whatever works for you. You're the guy that's got to deal with it later or yeah. not. You know, I'm not saying you're the guy. I'm saying whatever you tell your child somewhere along the line, you know, I know I got to stop smoking in the back room at the house. Well, I mean, eventually she's going to get up and see the internet where you're smoking weed on YouTube. I do the same thing. Like she, I think she caught me in Huntington Beach. No. Uh, she didn't say that. My wife hasn't said nothing, so she didn't say that. But I was smoking on the balcony like fucking Johnny Musada. Yeah. I threw the joint in the grass, and when I turned around, she was just looking at me <laughs> oh, like, no. fuck. And I think she said it to herself, like, my daddy's smoking. Oh. Well, at least that's what I saw. But I see a lot of things. She might have, thought, she might have like, literally thought you were smoking. Like, like a cigarette? No, 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 like, literally, like, smoke. Because I don't know, they're five. Do they know what that stuff is? Wait, yeah. Jesus Christ. Do you think they're retarded? Yeah, well, no, but they're five. How do they know what smoke is? I don't know. I don't think I knew. What I think she saw me. She didn't say nothing to mommy. <laughs> and uh, that's all that matters. Because when she does say something to mommy, then mommy will say something to me. Then it becomes a problem. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it. I, I just feel like he's going to grow up. You know, I'm very open about smoking weed. I do it on, like on camera and there's pictures and I have weed sponsors and fucking bongs that sponsor the podcast. And it's like, you know, I almost feel like it, if I'm hiding it, this would I hide drinking a beer? For, I don't drink, but if I was drinking a beer, I wouldn't hide it from him. You know what I'm saying? So I don't smoke in front of him, but at the same time, I almost feel like I have to have an honest conversation with him. He's five years old now. It's like at one point, you know, is he going to know that his dad, you know? Yeah, burn that bridge when you get to it. But for right now... In today's society, you can't be old. Listen, all you need is for that poor kid at six to go into school and tell one of those peanut allergy kids that his daddy smokes marijuana 
And next thing they get a knock on your door and your wife gets a letter in the mail. Yeah. So you don't need this shit right now. That's true. You know, this is... But that's what's fucked up, though, because uh, you wouldn't get a letter in the fucking mail. You wouldn't have anybody knocking on your door if you were drinking... If you were getting hammered every day. What are you going to do? That's fucked up. That's the one life it is. You want to take it to the Supreme Court? Take it to the Supreme Court. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way life No, is. we're going to fight this know. on Martin Luther King's birthday. I don't know why they do this with marijuana. I don't know. I don't have the fucking answers. All I know is I like getting high. I get high in the mornings before I see the devil, whatever the fuck. But back to you and your situation, Any anybody's situation as a parent. My stance is basically this, okay? If your child sees you drinking or smoking pot, you're their hero. If they if come the day the opportunity come and three kids come up to your child and say, Hey man, do you want to drink? And you're like they say, Yeah, why wouldn't they? You actually told your fucking kid that you were gonna they you actually dropped them somewhere to spend the night because you and your wife were going to some party. And the next day when you pick the fucking kid up, you can't stop talking about your goddamn hangover. Kids remember that. Yeah, and what a whore his mom was being at that party. Yeah, not really. But kids remember that shit. <laughs> kids remember that, those little things. And then one day when they're 16, it's that time to get asked, do you want a drink? Why wouldn't they? They're fucking hero drinks. Right. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Would you be upset if your kid at 16 started smoking weed? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to see what was the purpose, who was she smoking it with, what is the situation. You know, I don't know. Uh, I think the scary part is, is like, you're right, the parents are definitely the heroes, but especially now with everyone on, like, all the TV shows and and everything online, they they have 10 heroes, 15 heroes. So no, nah, but it's different, too. When you got a kid, they don't fucking give a, a fuck, Superman dude. was Superman when I was a fucking kid, too. Yeah. Here, uh, please. The problem is that I just uh, I see the kids that I grew up with that their parents were like drinkers and I see the kids that their parents that didn't drink and now I'm taking mental notes about my situation number two my situation was completely different when I was five I went to PAL and they take you over and show you about drugs and what they didn't show me my motherfucker showed me okay my mother took it out and showed me at the fucking house and said, you see this shit? You don't do this shit. The actual drugs? Oh, yeah. My mom had weed at the house, coke, you know, yeah. the whole fucking deal. With I was too. My mom My mom <coughs> made all her mistakes with, like, uh, letting on that she was into drugs with my sister, and I was too young. So I didn't know until, like, like later on. But uh, that that's crazy. Like, I had no idea what drugs were. I had no idea what anything was but until then, I was way older. It's so weird that then you have kids... That their mother's on crack or dope, and the kids take care of them, and they live their life because they've already seen the other side at a young age. So there's two sides to that coin. Yeah, you follow me. I'm not accusing. No, yeah, I don't think other. that. Yeah, I don't think there. I I'm think there's just, nuance with everybody, and everybody reacts to the world differently. You know, I'm just talking about light everything. You know, the word party and what all these things become in your house when you're talking in front of your child. Yeah. You know, I saw how they affected me. I saw how all those words, all those green lights affected me. You know, there's a, there's a reason why some kids smoke when they're 12 and some kids like Lee smoke in college for the first yeah. time. There's a reason for that, bro. And you have to decide what you want. Of course. Let me ask you a question. Are you one of those guys that 
wants to smuggle you with your son when he's 13 in no. front of your buddies. I mean, I, I'm hoping that hey, my man. kid... And your kid, the kids come over and they listen to your stories. I yeah. smoke pot with Cheech one time. <gasps> Tell us more, Mr. Gomez. Go fuck yourself. Nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that no. guy. No, I, and to be honest with you, I want my son to hopefully never want to alter his reality. I... I I'm hoping that he's in a, you know, wants to, you know, he's just fucking, you know, the, the, the ideal, you know, thing is you raise your kid in a world where they just want to fucking, you know, they love every moment of life that you've created for them. Um, but, you know, that's just not, it's, I guess, not the case. I mean, look, will my kid probably smoke weed one day? Yeah. yeah. He probably, yeah. yeah. Keep talking. I'm just opening the door. It's getting smoky up in this motherfucker. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm smoking a joint. That's why. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. Getting fucking baked in here. But yeah, that's and that's like that's look, dude. I don't know, man. That's kind of tough to deal with thinking about that. That's the other thing is like the stupid shit we say on podcasts and like the crazy shit. Like, like that's part of like you know doing this set where you go, like how I'm gonna have to explain to my son one day some of the stupid shit I've said and like, hey, it's a joke, and he's gonna have to understand the nuance of what that joke is, especially growing up in a world where it's very much like geared towards social justice and you know being a liberal and. You know, he's going to a private school, and it's very much like, dude, these fucking... Dude, they did an interview with his mom. They were like, what are your thoughts on social justice? What are the most important issues with you? Like, it's fucking... That is part of the curriculum at this point. Um, and I'm going to have to explain to my kid one day the fucking, you know, the words that I use and the shit that I say. Um, and that's something that I haven't even completely put together how I'm going to do yet. You know? No, you burn that bridge when you get to it. You're always thinking of them. You're always looking at them. You're loving them. And you're thinking when the day you have to talk to him about this or that, you're hoping that day never comes, but you still want to talk to him about it. Yeah. You want to see where they fucking stand. You know, uh, you learn two things when you grow up without a parent or with a parent. You learn so much as a kid. You watch your friends and you see how their parents act. And in your neighborhood, you look at your people that you grew up with, and you know the type of parent you want to be. You see what the results were. I'm 55. I grew up with kids that are really fucking successful. And I think about why. And I, you know, and it's very easy. They came from strong fucking houses. Yeah. And they do drugs, and they did everything. Yeah. You know, they were right there snorting coke with me. <laughs> but their house and the bricks were so <laughs> fucking solid that they never forgot who the fuck they were. Do you follow me? And then I got other guys that just went off the fucking deep end and never came back. Or they're coming back now. Or they're still fucking running this game. And I know what they were treated like. At the, you know, so I'd rather go with the, with the what the fuck is going on out there. All of a sudden, we're dying in here, smoke inhalation. I opened the fucking door, and all of a sudden, it's fucking uh, Fast and Furious <laughs> meets fucking uh, live PD out there. <laughs> so it's up to you. I mean, you look at your child and you know what you want for your fucking child. Yeah. What the fuck do I want? Do I want him in this mix? Do I need this shit? You know, if you expose your child and play it off like this is fucking cool. Mm. And this is, you know, listen, it's still against the fucking law. Okay? There's still places. So it's up to you. It's at that time you got to make the call. Yeah. I got to get out of there and stop smoking around the back. She's going to be seven one day. She already looks at my hands when I come back from the back. Oh, really? She senses something. She ain't fucking stupid. Yeah. You don't think she fucking smells in my office? She don't look at my drawers. Yeah. There's no edibles in my drawers. I got shelves. She can never reach the edibles. You know what I'm saying? 
whatever else I put in a fucking safe, hmm. nobody could find fucking Ogats, you know? So I, I don't want her to bump into shit into the drawer. Yeah. There's no vapor pens in the drawer. What she has access to, there's nothing in those drawers, you right. know? And you try your best, brother. That's all you can do. I mean, you, do, you don't want your kid doing drugs or being a fuck up early on, you know? Yeah. I, I believe that every kid's going to do what they're going to do. I was going to do, I was destined to do what I was going to do. I, I grew up in a bar. I saw the good and bads. I grew up with people who snorted coke. I saw people shoot heroin when I was a kid. I had a bunch of options. And I took my chances as well, knowing the consequences. Mm. Ended up in prison. Still kept fucking around. You know, do you really learn? I mean, when the fuck do you learn? So. Mm. You have to live your life, and at one point you have to cut the umbilical cord from your child. But while you have the umbilical cord, you lay the best bricks that you can lay. That's the only way I can see it now at my age and what I've seen, you know. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, I, I think people don't put enough thought into um, kind of what that means. You know, I think you even you look at like you look at like kids menus at restaurants, dude. It's the shittiest fucking food in the world. Like it's just like just at a baseline, we're like, ah, give them fucking you know macaroni and cheese, chicken and nuggets, fried chicken yeah. nuggets. You know They're what I'm saying? Like, them. They kill them. It's just like it's 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 a very weird thing. It's the opposite. It's like and you see like when I, I went to my kids orient or an orientation for the parents at this private school, and dude, it was like college. It reminded me of like when I went to college, my first year of college, um, and or my second year of college. They do this big orientation. They're walking, and they they make this big fucking deal. And this is kindergarten that he's going into, and um, you know, I was like, in my mind, I'm going, this is actually the way it should be. It should be a much bigger deal to go into kindergarten than we're kind of making it. And I think people, we push them into a system that you know, sit at a desk, you know, act this way, react this way. That person's the boss. If you don't learn this way, and you can't learn this way, then you're you know, you're a problem child. It's kind of fucked up, you know. And that's like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, the fact that we're even having the conversation and, and, you know, we care enough to fucking talk about it and think about it and do whatever we can do about it means that we're doing way better than my fucking mom, you know, ever did or, you know, I don't know your your whole situation. But, um, yeah, it's fucking I almost feel like we should put, you know, my son's mother. I, God bless her because I don't know, man, if I had a fuck, if I had a shittier chick to have a, a a child with you know i might have i had dude i had an ex that was a fucking lunatic if i would have had a kid with her oh my god dude. i think about this every day of my life like if i would have had a fucking dude i was oh dude i was hitting it raw i was doing whatever it was crazy and i think about how much i would have because i'm i love my son there's no way i could like abandon my child but the the reality is dude i don't know this shit was so bad that like i don't know how i would deal with it but my son's mother, she's such a good fucking chick, and she cares so much about, like, what he eats and what he puts in his body and, like, fucking the type of education he has. She makes it kind of easy on me. You know what I'm saying? She makes me very conscious about it. Um, but it's like, I didn't get any of that shit when I was a fucking kid, dude. When I was a kid, they fucking, dude, they threw me into a fucking school, and they were like, all right, have, figure it the fuck out. My mom was so, I look at what it is to be a parent now and what my mom fucking did, and it's like, God damn it, dude! She was she didn't do anything. I don't I don't think I ever ever remember once in my entire life being read to. I don't remember ever being read to ever. Just crazy. That's yeah, fucking crazy, they read to you. brother. You just don't remember, brother. I'm telling you, I don't. I remember your mom's Spanish. 
not white. She, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Italian Irish, and my mom uh, was Italian Your Irish. Mom still alive? No, my mom died when she was 22. How was your relationship? Not good. How old were you when she passed? I, I was 22. Oh, you were 22. Yeah, she was. Uh, I don't know. What was she like? 40, something. I don't know. And yeah. How was your relationship with her growing up? Uh, not really good. Yeah. No. Not. Yeah. Not great. What did she do for a living? She was a hairdresser, but she really was. I mean, she wasn't. She was like, um, she was. Uh, I don't want to sound mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I'm shitting on the dead and I'm shitting on my mom. But she just wasn't fucking very motivated. What I find important in a person, you know what I'm saying, and in a quality person, you know, in, in terms of what they do, you know, and how they how they conduct themselves. She didn't live her life that way, you know what I'm saying? So she, you know, she collected welfare and Section Eight, and you know, she did drugs and she. You know, she wasn't really motivated to, you know, kind of like pull herself out of that, you know. And I'm, and you're, you know, people are different. Like they either, you know, they they kind of emulate what their parents do, or they go the opposite direction. And I went very hard the opposite direction, very hard. Like my mom was fucking, you know, brutally abusive, violent. Like fucking like emotionally abusive, like really, really fucked up. How old was her and how old were you when they split? Or were they together? Well no, my dad my dad was murdered when I was four years old. He was Yeah, he was stabbed to death. No, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, my dad was murdered when I was a little kid. Um Yeah. So Yeah, it was fucking tough, dude. Yeah, well it wasn't it wasn't a great life, you know. And what part of New York was this in? This was in uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah, which is fucking like ghetto. Yeah, it's ghetto. Yeah, people know, people don't, you know, people don't know like Jersey. Jersey doesn't sound ghetto. People don't get it, you know? No, it's very. You go to Pockets, New Jersey. Let me tell you something. Yeah, it's fucking. I'm not one of those type of dudes that are like, but those East Oranges, those uh, Passaic, Camden. You go out there fucking around, you get shot, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you get shot. And yeah, my dad was stabbed to death in the streets of Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah, Patterson. It's a, it's a fucked up situation out there. I used to go to Patterson to eat, and that's where the docks are, right? The longshoremen, isn't it? I'm not sure. Something. There's something in Patterson I used to do. But when I was a fucking kid, there was this Puerto Rican dude. They used to call him Paniagua. Wait a minute, that was my father. <laughs> Imagine. I was waiting for like, oh my god. <laughs> we find it out right now. Paniawa was the dude that implicated my mother the last time she got pinched. Oh shit. <laughs> before she died. And he was a Puerto Rican dude at a bar in Patterson. And he called the bar phone and asked for Coke. And the bar phone was tapped. Motherfuck. So they arrested him. He didn't write on my mother. But they had the tapes or some shit and he got thrown out. Something happened. He got thrown out. Mm-hmm. But uh, fucking Patterson's a scary place. Patterson East Side and high school. And I, yeah, that when my, that my mom went to high school for like a like a few months, and that was where she a, went that's to a high tough school. Fucking school, bro. Fair East Side. That movie. Patterson East Side. Patterson Kennedy. Yeah. There was a couple Patterson. How things. many Kennedy schools did they have in New Jersey? They're everywhere. Also, my mom was a habitual liar, so I bet that was a lie. That she went. She there. told me she knew Madonna. She was a fucking liar. Anyway, 
Keep did on going. Did she tell you she knew Madonna? I swear to God, she told me she knew Madonna. How did she know Madonna? She fuck, She didn't even go beyond that. She was a shitty storyteller, too. <laughs> Where's, uh... <laughs> Speaking of fucking shitty storytellers, where's my man Tony Bennett? You're around here somewhere? I'm going to spark up another joint. Do what you need to do, brother. Do what you need to do. There we go. We're going fucking deep, baby. Deep. Monday the 15th. I feel the mushrooms. Yeah, I'm feeling a little fucking... I want to be around to pick up the pieces. I could do a little piece of mushroom. Let's go. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, Let's right? Let's go, Lee. You're in. Let's Lee. Lee. A little piece. Oh, come on, guys. You have a guest. You have a guest. Come on, man. I only we'll come here once every few months. All right, all right. We'll wrap right. in the star. Let's pick a nice piece here. Like gentlemen. Oh, shit, Lee. Look what Jungle Joe's gonna give you. Because he we'll loves you. To be true, <laughs> he blasted. <laughs> you used to do with me. Oh Lee's face is priceless. Believe you. There has to be a fucking that video montage me. of Lee reactions <laughs> to fake smiling and <laughs> having to eat Wait weed and see. mushrooms. Oh my God. I mean, I want to be around. I'm glad you found this. See how he does it. Oh my god. When he oh, we're getting crazy he here. Uh, the what what's you, happening now? You said you were doing like a little bit. You're cutting the 18 no, things. I'm trying to put it together. A little uh, fucking piece. Take a chance. There you go, dog. Uh-huh. Is that for me or for Lee? That's for Lee, 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 Lee. Lee, let's see what Two happens purples. there. Lee. Look it's at like an ice cream sandwich. Look at this little one for you. Oh, that's beautiful right there. <laughs> it's like a nipple. It's a beautiful fucking oh, thing. It looks like a nipple. Delicious, Lee. No, let's see if the puzzle like this. Look, Lee. Let's see if the puzzle fits. Huh? You want another one? Oh yeah, sure. You know how we get this fucking done here. I want to give a big shout out to one of my main men, Mr. Dick Syatt, over there running shit in South Florida. I want to thank my man Scott Cunningham, putting the party together. Johnny Utah, Max Justice, Federico Diaz, Ray Viscus, Tony Herland, Josh Garcia, and James Michael. Ray Roy R I V C, a pop something like that. I don't fucking know. You know I love you. I got high. I fucked up my boy song. Out of West New York, New Jersey, my boys. I was gonna put them on tonight. And I fucking wrote the fucking thing. I can't fuck the went through the paper. So I'll put it on fucking Wednesday night for you savages. You know I love you motherfuckers. It's a little band out of fucking West New York. Couple fucking Ricans, couple Cubans. I think they got a fucking Guatemalan on the organ. I don't fucking know. Go, Lee. Okay. Let's do this. This is for fucking this is for all the money right I'm now. Just gonna need my mic. Sorry, God. Don't worry about nothing. Martin Luther King had a dream, Lee. That's right, Lee. And it was a Lee, human- don't even bite it. Just drop it and put the water over it. Lee. Lee, Jesus Christ. Lee, pretend it's an Advil. How, how, I do. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it's together. Just put it in your mouth. Don't chew it. Put it in your mouth and drink the water right behind it. That's what you were doing. That's how you eat Advil. You, you put an Advil in your mouth and then spit it back in your hand. You know, when you get locked up, they do a statistic thing on you. It's called uh, whatever the fuck it's called. When you first get to prison, they do the... They do the the diagnostic. Swallow, Lee, go like a soldier. There you go. Look at him. He's choking the death. Swallow that thing like a soldier. This is what I'm talking about. See how easy it is. 
Well, you do a diagnostic, and they break you down pretty much. They ask you questions about your family and alcoholism and drug use. And I wonder what the statistics are of children who come from a home where, you know, broken home, a a broken home with alcohol. Come on, all of them. A broken home. No, no, no. How many people do you think are in prison? (coughs) I mean, an almost immeasurable amount that didn't have some sort of issue at home. I mean, where it was just straight up two loving parents that grew up. I mean, I'm sure it's the exception. There's exceptions, and I'm sure it exists. But even those people, I'd have to fucking look deep into what happened there because I would assume they were getting fucked by their uncle or some shit like that, you know. But the, the, I mean, you look at that dude. Every I mean, you look at like violent crime, dude. It's always fucking uh, the father being out of the picture is a very, very big part of it. I know they do studies about like kids not being read to. They do studies about you know you know kids fucking um, being exposed to violence, being spanked, being you know even the threat of violence at a very early age. Them going on to you know being violent later on in their life. There's a lot of different things, and we only fucking have this information now. We it's dude. We just started having the internet. In 50 years, we're gonna figure all this shit out. 100 years, we know it. All right, let me let me break it down for you. The first fist fight I saw, that I didn't know what was going on, was my stepfather. And then shortly after that, I got hit in the head with a lunchbox in Central Park. And that was traumatizing as fuck. But I was also traumatized. Hold on, this fucking, you open up the goddamn window. I was also traumatized at the age of three by the death of my father. It always fucked me up. It comes back to haunt me, even because I don't remember him. I remember like one or two things. But my stepfather, A, was violent. B, weapons all over the fucking house. You know, C, the drug use. I know my mom was into shit. You know, my stepfather didn't do dick. Just all these variables. And I sit here sometimes and I go... Why don't I, why am I not violent? Why don't I, and why am I not in love with weapons? There's so many questions I ask myself so much, you know, like why don't I like alcohol? What is my deal that I don't like the taste of alcohol and I get sick and that whole scene just fucks with me from time to time. I went to a couple Christmas parties, I went to bars, it was great. But it's, I, I didn't want to sit there for four fucking hours, you know? Right. It just wasn't who the fuck I was. Like, I have, like, I ask myself on a daily why I don't fucking love weapons at this age and buy a ton of weapons with what I was exposed to, you know what I'm saying, as a kid. Yeah. So. But, I mean, you had your own shit, you know, you went, you went to jail for a violent crime. I mean, it was like, you know, you know, it's not like that didn't affect you. I, you know, I, I think. I don't know, I'm no fucking expert, but if you weren't raised in that environment, do you think you would have went to jail for a violent crime later on in life? I don't think so. I, I think that that's very much affected who you were, and I think you, I think I was always headed for the can. You I think so? Always, I think so. I was always headed for the can. I always had that demeanor. I was always headed to the can. I think about what what's the excuse that my mother died? That's why I went to the can. Let's pretend my mother was alive. 1980 would have came, I would have stayed at the house. One way or another, I would have gotten to cocaine. Mm. It was just in my future. It was too much there. I see it on your face now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. How, <laughs> it's amazing how 
we were the prime target. We were the first uh, like generation that cocaine came and swept us off our feet. And again, I do a personal, what's that? Not a survey, a census. I do a census of my friends. And I do a census of the people who grew up with families and the people who grew up with one mother in the house and the people whose father died. And you know what? Yeah, they all did drugs for a time being, but they also at one point got it together. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you with me? I am, so, but I think that but there's still the people that don't get it together, and I think a lot of them... I mean, look, I don't know. You, you're, I guarantee there's studies. I guarantee. Guarantee. There has there, to yeah. Be. Um, but it's like... I don't know, man. It's like, I, I feel bad, dude. I grew up, you know, I, I live in Harlem now, and it's very gentrified at this point. I live in a pretty nice block. It's in, in New York City right now, like, if you go to Harlem, and people that don't live in New York, I think they hear Harlem, and they go, oh, shit, you know? Um, but Harlem is very, like, nice, and it's very gentrified, um, meaning there's fucking white people in there now. Um, if you see one out of every three people are white, you're living in a nice neighborhood in New York City now. That's, like, the, a good kind of measuring stick, right? And... Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, oh, fuck, I forget the point I was making. Fuck. You know, I forget a lot of things. I'm um, so fuck. I mean, uh, we are. We I mean, are just fucking. to play devil's advocate, and we're all doing drugs. There's no judgment here, but isn't it just like like there's a way? I was very lucky. For the most part, I had a very good childhood. There were some there's some issues like any family, but uh, I don't know. Like just looking at the way my especially my mom, she was very no nonsense about any of that. She was a kid, and she did probably smoked weed and. Maybe I mean I don't know. Uh, she'll say no, but like there's like she would never bring me to a casino, like one of those, like something like that. So like, do you guys think that at at, at a point there's only like it's just what we want to deal like our own personal things. There's a way we have to raise the kids, but everyone has certain things that they deal with, and then they make their own choices. You know, I'm gonna enroll my daughter in sports. You know. That's a given, you know, and she mm. likes all that shit, so it's going to be easy. You know, we were, I was showing her jujitsu tonight, and she was digging it. Mm. There was a picture of me, the teacher today, put up at Alberto Cranes. And she goes, Daddy, that's you with your jujitsu suit on. I'm like, you ever want to go over there? And she's like, maybe. You know, so she goes swimming, she's gymnastics, she goes to fucking ballet. Yeah. She's got a recital on Valentine's Day, you know, the whole fucking deal. It's... I'm but you literally your name and fucking everything. It's not even a debate. You're not, you know, that's, not, they're not growing up. And we, you, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you that you would have went to prison no matter what. You would have done cocaine yeah, no matter what. I knew it. I knew it. No, I knew Brother, it. You, you know, we you you talking about no those idea. bricks. You, you know, look, I think it's fucking. We got bombarded. I'm not. This is again. <laughs> I'm not playing a victim. You really, Syed or Lewis. I'm not playing the victim here. Yeah, I'm telling you that. Think of being 16 today in California. Today in California, think of being 16. You got a little mustache. You got a little cute girlfriend that's a junior, right or wrong. You're banging weed. Uh, let me stay there for a minute. You're banging weed, right? You're smoking weed. Mm. Let's say you were selling weed in high school. You're the cool guy. Right now, weed is legal. Right now, if you're 18, you're living in fucking heaven. I know I wouldn't be. If I just turned 18 and we just went legal and the way I like marijuana, I would be in fucking heaven. Just, I don't even know what my fucking point is. Yes, I do. 
the point is, the way that we, this 18-year-olds and the 15-year-olds and the 16-year-olds are getting surrounded with fucking uh, legal marijuana is the way my generation got swarmed with cocaine. Mm. It hit hard, bro. I still remember being at that age, 16, 17, and noticing that a lot of people were fucking doing it at that high school. A lot of kids in Miami. We were right there. We were right there. You know, you're from Patterson. You're 20 minutes from the fucking right. Lincoln Tunnel. I'm fucking seven minutes from Lincoln Tunnel. You know, by the time I was a junior in high school, I was already copping coke in the city. I had two spots. What's a junior in high school? 17 years old. Mm. It was a way different. I see the people. I, even when I was in high school, I didn't really know people doing coke. No, me either. We got bombarded in a way that you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And then Ozzy Osbourne with the Blizzard of Oz, Snowblind, and then Scarface came out in 1983. No, let me ask you. And that was the beginning of the end. And that's literally all the tenets of your personality. What's that? Scarface, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it hit us so hard. The cocaine culture hit so hard and then it just kept topping itself free base so people started free basing then all of a sudden there was crack cocaine then there was this then people were shooting it it came at you from so many directions that so many of us got gripped it was inevitable yeah. inevitable because there was so much it, we we seen it go from a hundred dollars in front of us a grand to people coming to the house going hey man how you doing uh lewis i haven't seen you in a long time i ask you a person can you move coke? And you're like, Joey does it. Lee does it. I guess. I'm going to leave you a kilo. I'll come back in like a month. Just give me what you have. And you're like. I would be dead in two days. That's <laughs> that's what it became. Yeah. By 1984, it was everywhere. Everywhere. You went to a club in the city. It was on tables. People snorting. It was everywhere. Every chick wanted to do it. Everybody was sniffling. Everybody would sniffle. That's how people were walking around and, you know, acting uh, very menage a They were the cool generation now. That's it. Acid disappeared. Fucking uh, THC crystal disappeared. Reefer disappeared. And a whole new generation came on. Fucking cocaine and quaalude. Straight up, gangster. Straight up. I'm 17 years old. And there's a way to make money off these loots. You get them for $2 and you sell them for 4 You know how long 100 quaaludes would last year when I was a junior in high school? Three hours. Three hours. By the time you got them on 38th Street and you walked to 76th Street and you made strategic stops, they'd be gone. That's how fast. Yeah. My culture, my neighborhood, got so bombarded with cocaine because... All the Cubans were in Union City. It was right there. Union City becomes North Bergen. That's it. It was right there. I still remember going to apartments on 22nd and New York Avenue and where people were fucking stash pads. Union City became a fucking stash pad. That's where they were crossing over the tunnel, put it in Union City, and shoot it out. Eventually, they moved it out to Jersey City and, you know, places where you could just mix the people who were doing it with Spanish so you had to mix mm. but that's a very interesting area it's a very interesting generation it was a very interesting couple of months 
I saw the cocaine take over. I saw it coming. I was right there. I heard about it for years. You heard about mumblings that somebody's dad did it. Now, my mom did it. I knew since I was a kid. I always knew that. I never messed with it. It was a different world. I made believe she didn't do it. In my little world, I made believe she didn't do it, and I didn't see it. My mom told me one time she did coke um, when I was like eight, and I got really upset. Yeah, you got upset. I, I saw really the rings upset. around my mother's No, nose. she didn't tell me she did it that night. She told me she had no, no, done she it in had the past. Done the past. Right, no, I And know. I got really upset. And the funny was, she was trying to like let me know she did it. But I, then at that, I, 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 I really resented her for not telling me she did drugs. Like, did she was a heroin addict, you know? So. And I shouldn't have because of the way I reacted. I just fucking wasn't ready for it. And I, I get it, dude. Like, you don't want to fucking you don't just disappoint your kid like that. You know, we're talking about, like, the, breaking into our kids about, you know, smoking weed, you know, or, you know, fucking with, like, telling your kids you're a heroin addict. That's another fucking level, you know? I'm going to have to tell my daughter I went to prison. I smoked weed. I was divorced. She has a half a sister. You know, I got to lay all this stuff down. Yeah. But if I was Lee right now, I'd be pulling my hairs out of my head. That's why Lee's bald. I don't think about it. I deal with it when it pops up, and I make a fucking decision. <clears throat> if I sat Mercy down right now at the age of five and told her what I did, she don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. She can't even correlate my mother and father. That She doesn't have a grandparents on the yeah. other side. He start, she, There's he, so many things she can't put he together. He's starting to understand. This is what he told me the other day because he knows his grand. He met his grandpa Sid, and he, you know, he died. That's his 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 mom's father, and uh, all of his other grandparents are dead. Um, so he understands that his grandpa Sid passed away, and he understands that that's dying. But he doesn't really get what that means. He doesn't. And you want to keep him innocent. You don't want to fucking yeah. No, 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 no. Explain no, in every fucking Disney movie. It opens up with the scene of the the father getting murdered, or the mother. It was Bambi was a mo- the mother. Uh, it was originally it was Bambi. The mom got murdered, but then it turned into the dad. Fucking Lion King, uh, new, uh, good dinosaur. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert. Huh, interesting. Yeah, super early in the fucking movie, and then I gotta watch it with my kid and not cry like a baby in front of him. Oh, I watch all those movies and cry in front of him. She don't give a fuck. She just looks at me and giggles and says, oh, daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh, shit. It's fucking crazy. No, no. I mean, Doug, how can I tell my daughter? I sit here with you. We got 2,000 hours of us talking about finger banging and eating chicks out with Coke rocks. I need my daughter to go on iTunes when she's 18 listen to this shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. So what I do do is I do write a journal for my daughter. And sometimes I write in it twice a month. Sometimes I, and it's just a page at a time. Mm-hmm. No big fucking eight page. Just a page of what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing in her, what I want for her. Little things. What your day should be like. Don't be a fucking promiscuous, dirty whore. That's like every other sentence. That's how. <laughs> that's how every other paragraph starts. Yeah. Don't suck dick to your twenty nine. It's like the little notes at the bottom of each yeah, page. Like yeah. you have a special separate note yeah, about like, you know the ingredients. Uh, watching out for men like us, like a sushi restaurant, and they have an asterisk. If you eat raw food, it's on your own. Same fucking yeah. deal. No, no, no. I'm just writing to her because if something happens to me, I don't want her to have any fucking misconceptions like I did. I don't yeah. know much about my father. There's a guy in Miami telling me my father got shot. For years, I read the autopsies. I saw the newspaper articles. 
I heard the stories from my mom. I heard the stories from her friends. He died of a heart attack. He was snorting heroin. You know, it, oh there's God. always something. So I yeah. don't, to this day, I got two options. I could go to Cuba, hire a boat, go to Cuba and decompose his body and see if he's got a hole in his head. Or far, you know, what, what, what is wrong with people? So I just let it go. What do you yeah. want me to do? You want me to fucking go to a psychiatrist and open up fucking wounds? I don't have time to bleed right now. I'm too old. I got a short window and I got a fucking razor. Also, child. you know, we fucking. I think people. My son's mother used to be obsessed with me, like going to th a therapist, and I, I've been in therapy recently, and it's good. It is, but like we do, <clears throat> when you're doing podcasting and you know you're 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 writing jokes. I think writing jokes is the most fucking therapeutic thing in the world yes, you're, you're, you're talking about dark shit on stage and you're trying to find funny shit and like really dark fucked up shit that is your uh, that is the most therapeutic way to explore something that's fucking like I talk about my I, I don't want to talk about my mom's death yet I will though I got I have to obviously I talk about my dad's death but um yeah I mean I I think like that's you know there, I don't think there's... Sorry, guys. Uh, my mushrooms are starting to really kick in. So Fuck I apologize. Yeah, that was the not plan. Really shit. Sense. We're dropping um, knowledge on this motherfucker. But no, I, th I feel like that's like... Um, but also, as you're raising your son... That's way more therapeutic than anything else. You know what's therapeutic? When you look at your son and you're raising him your way and you think of little things how your mom raised you. You, you ever take him to the park and you're looking at him? And for two minutes, you get this memory of you and what you were going through at that age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get that. I get that. Oh, all the time. I get that all the time. Oh, it's you fucking relive, brutal. You touch and relive your childhood. Well, that's the thing right you now. You have a child. Five is the age, right? Five is the age because that's when I start to really remember having a memory. Like a real memory. That's why you're saying, like, oh, five, they don't get it. No, no, no. They get it, dude. Think back to your first memories, dude. You were five. You were in kindergarten. You remember kindergarten. You remember going to fucking kindergarten every day. You remember thinking. The, I remember thinking. You know, very cognitively, very like, I remember th looking at the world like it was the world. It wasn't like Candyland and fucking Muppets. It was the fucking world, you know? And that, w I always kind of like made a weird thing. I was like, when, when, as soon as my kid was old enough to have a memory, I wanted to make sure that I was like doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I had at least some shit going on. It wasn't like, you have to grow up being like poor and like without like toys and like, you know, that's fucking like, you know, the worst. I grew up okay. I uh, She gave me a lot of love, you know. That's one thing. She gave me a lot of love. She taught me lessons. She punched me in the head a few times. Mm. She was brutally honest with me, which I really appreciate, and I appreciate today. That's probably the reason why I am who I am with people. You know, I try to be brutally honest. Fuck it, you know. Life is too short. She spoiled me. And that's why I'm telling you, I was always destined for jail because she spoiled me. Right. I was ruined. I was ruined. At the age of 15, I already knew I could make money slinging. I hit the number. The uh, Eight months before my mother died, I hit the number on my birthday. And I took half of it. I gave a piece to my mother, a piece to the bookie. I put a piece in the bank. and I took. How much did you win? 5000 bucks. Oh, nice. And I took the money and I... Five thousand, like, when you say hit the number, is that like pick four? Pick? No, 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 with a book. What does that mean? A, a bookmaker. Like, you go into the Bronx and you bet three numbers. 
604, $5 gets you 2,500 bucks. Okay, so it's just like the state lottery. It's just fucking, it's just fuck legal. the state. Fuck the right. state. You, you do go into the Bronx. I think I think I won 2,500. I gave the bookie a $500 tip. I gave my what? mother. Why? What? Why does he get a $500 tip? You always give the bookie a $500 tip because you have them on the tab most of the year. Not only that, that's the way it is when you hit a number. Jesus Christ. But the moral of the story is I took that money. And in those days, there was this guy named Joe. And I used to buy four ounces of weed from him for 100 bucks, And I would double my money constantly. And once I started making money from the weed at 15, I started getting mescaline from this guy named Lefty. And I would get little hits uh, of mescaline. So it's a guy named Lefty that's got mescaline. I used to get 100 hits from $85. Bro, you sell those for $3 a piece. Yeah. And then Lefty started flaking on me. So I took my actions to East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. There's a college there, Pennsylvania, whatever. And I started copping there. That was the heavy shipment. That They were bringing me ups, black beauties, fucking uh, diet pills. You could snort them and get all fucked up. But their specialty was acid and stuff. And I made a lot of money doing that. So I had realized at 17 that you don't need to work. That's not a good thing to realize at the age of 17. Yeah. Okay, so I'm telling you from experience here, I wouldn't blow smoke up your ass. I was going to do time somewhere along the line. Yeah. <clears throat> if you know my personality, I'm going to push the envelope till I get caught, and then I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll push the envelope. That's what comedians do. We push the envelope, and then we figure it the fuck out a little bit. Hmm. So it was what I was doing then. So I was always destined for it. I'm very lucky instead of getting 28 years that I got four. Do you follow me? It was always going to be a crapshoot. All right, Joey, here we go. Here's the dice. Go. It could have been 12 or it could have been two years. It hit me with four. I took them like a man. It paid for my sins. And I started all over again. Don't get me wrong. I slipped a few times after that. Yeah. But after that, I got my shit together. When I stole the Christmas tree, I paid the money for it. A year later, I always tried to cover my fucking bets after that, man. Yeah. And it's been, and the comedy saved me. The comedy saved that criminal. And then yeah. I took the criminal mentality and put it into my comedy. Into of course. Hustle. And that's where well, it's the same out. thing. You it's know, the same fucking, fucking thing. You you know you we talked about sales before on the show, but it's it's all it's all it all comes down to that formula, and you can figure out how to make that work for. You know, for whatever you decide to do, it just happens to work really, really well for comedy. You know, that, that's, um, yeah, I think that, uh, comedy, yeah, I did, yeah, a comedy, it comes a cop. There we me. go. So, eat those mushrooms. The cops are coming, eat those mushrooms. Like, you eat the mushrooms, you're way better than I am. Yeah, I, yeah, you like them, you don't, you light them. I'll, I'll test positive for fucking. I moved to I moved to New York uh, from the suburbs when I was like uh, nineteen, and I started promoting for a comedy club, um, and I started making like five hundred dollars a week selling comedy club tickets on the street, um, and that's literally what saved my life um, because I was just doing whatever I could do. Five hundred dollars a week when I was eighteen years old was like a fucking like or not, you know, nineteen. It was like. A million dollars. My mom never made more than two hundred dollars a week. Yeah, it is a million dollars when you're nineteen. That was I, fucking crazy, dude. You walk around, you're tipping Chinese waiters. Oh yeah, dude. I fuck, dude. You I don't was give like, a fuck, Jack. Dude, I was crushing it. Okay, and I fucking, 
And yeah, and I was willing to do whatever. At that point, I had no like moral compass, so I would steal, I would fucking cheat, I would do, I would do whatever it was, dude. I, I, you know, I got caught up in some shit, and I, I almost, it just happened to be that I answered an ad to start selling comedy club tickets, and it made me five hundred dollars a week. It was just, it was actually easier to make that five hundred dollars a week selling comedy club tickets than it was to go and do the bullshit I was doing to make. I was making a lot. I wasn't hustling at a high level. You know what I'm saying? I was hustling like on a I was like stealing sneakers from Models and I got a friend who had a, a, the thing that took the things the uh the tags off. So we'd steal like four or five pairs of sneakers and sell them at the pizzeria. I mean, we're taking, it's like stupid shit. This is like the worst garbage But it cover your spread. Of course, got weed. It it's about getting yeah. fucking weed and gas it's about money. getting weed and a little lunch. What is it about yeah. pizzerias? My thing, what do you mean? You with a Nick the Greek. What do you mean? Nick the Greek with with your with the jewelry. Yeah, well, pizzeria owners are shady people. If you ever meet a person who owns a pizzeria, I promise you that's not the only thing they do. They have some other fucking crazy cover. God, I had no idea. Okay, look into their eyes. <laughs> look into a pizzeria owner's eyes. They got fucking darkness behind their eyes. Nicky Pizza. Nicky fucking pizza. I tortured that guy for five years. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky Pizza, though. But I was loyal. I was a loyal soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck it out with Nicky Pizza. But we caused havoc in there, though. I got I to gotta run and take a piss, guys. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, never forget, I'll never forget being in there one night and two dudes got into a fight. And one, t- that's when he used to put the full container with mozzarella cheese, the sugar ones filled. And they start like going like this, and the one guy finally took the fresh pepper and threw it at him. This guy took the Parmesan, threw it at him, uh, and all of a sudden it was a cheese fight in there with Parmesan cheese. The place was covered. Get up, let's do it. Go pee. Oh yeah, I want to hear this now. This no, is, no, 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 I really want to hear this now. No, I'm not that, it up. That's it. But they just had a fucking huge oh. brawl. I thought the owner of the pizzeria was going to come out with a gun and shoot people in the no, head. No, no, because they're dark fucking people. Nicky, Nicky Pizza was a degenerate gambler. Yeah. Which meant that if you were hungry one day and you went there at 3 and there was a sign be back at 4.30, he was at the Meadowlands. And there's a good chance he might not come back. No, he always came back. Okay. He always came back, bro. That was Nicky Pete. He came back in time for dinner? He was a Greek. He always came back. How pissed were you, though, when he wasn't there at 3? Because that's, like, right after school. He must have been starving. Let me tell you something. When you went there at 3 o'clock... And Nicky Pizza was closed, bro. You threw a fucking small fit because you were stoned and you were counting on that ham cheese. And he was gonna put on the tab. He had a tab. You did not have a tab in high school. Yes, we did. No, I had, a didn't. Fucking, I had a tab at Nick's Pizza. Jesus. Hashways. The Chinese store. <laughs> the the Chinese store by Thirty Eighth Street. The Dragon Grocery. I had a tab in there for a while. Okay. I had a tab at the Spick store. Okay. On 38th Street and fucking Liberty Avenue. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You ran tabs and you paid them on Friday. You didn't need fucking to have money on you at all times. If you played basketball, I didn't have. I also had a tab at the fucking place around the corner from the basketball court when I was a kid. They sold iced tea and lemonade and orange juices and those. Uh, you know, like regular milk containers. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Only the 16-ounce ones. Remember those? No. When iced teas first came out. Oh, the big ones. They came out in a 16-ounce. Nesties? Uh, way before Nestie. Okay. This was like a fucking mom-and-pop Dairyland. They would make this lemon iced tea that was delicious. It hit the spot, and they also made fruit punch or something. And we would go around the corner from 38 basketball, 38th Street basketball courts. You walked up about 50 yards, and right before you hit that body shop there, 
there was a fucking uh, a little joint there that sold you those. They, you know, they they sold them to uh, truck companies would come pick up the juices. It was like a juice okay, company. right. So, like, how much of a tab did you have going every week? Did you have like a hundred bucks every like no, going around town? No, the dragon, the dragon, the dragon, the the Chinese place. All right. Let's lighten the mood. Let's the the Chinese place, I would only front from on Sundays when my mother was alive. Once my mother died, I never fronted from him again. Because my mother would stop in there and pay the tap <laughs> on the way up the hill to the bar. And then the Spick store, I, once I got out of there, because he used to make steak sandwiches on Fridays. So it was basically for Fridays. And then I had the uh, Hashways. My tab was there till 1983. And then I had another tab in 94. You could run your tab up to about 50 bucks in turkey sandwiches, potato salad. I would go pick up shit on at the local like deli on my mom's tab for her. I'd pick up cigarettes. When I was like uh, yeah, seven, my, I was allowed to pick up cigarettes for my mom. With a note. Not even a note. Not even no, a note. It was a note. It was a note, right? You had a note. You had to have a note from your mother that would give yeah. you cigarettes. Lee. That's crazy. That was it. Dollar seventy five a pack. Now our favorite Seven Eleven got busted. Did they? Yeah, that's why they don't have cigarettes. For what? For selling with right. kids? Is it eighteen or twenty one in California? I, I don't know, but 18. I know that we go to a fucking spot. I've been going to that Seven Eleven for years. Me and Lee have been busted because it's close to the police station, so nothing's gonna go down in there. Nothing never goes down in there. It's close to a police station, like fifty yards. I don't fuck with this one. This one down the corner here. I'm Magnolia. That's a fucking... Somebody's going to get shot in there. But that one over there is a cool spot. And it's close, and it's close to the place we hang out at. The fourth wall. In fact, you got to meet some girl tomorrow night, Denley, at 7 o'clock. I'll be there at 6, 7, 8. She's a Chinese girl or Asian girl. I just talked to her tonight. The nice. 7 11. So she's going to meet you there. So how long are you in town for? Me? Uh, just till, t- till Tuesday. Okay. And what yeah. are you going to be doing here? You're doing... I just I'm doing Kill Tony tomorrow, but I came because uh, you know I, I run a podcast network and I do, I do a podcast with Michael Bisping and uh, we're setting up a video version of his show, so we came out to set up some tech, and then we also just signed Lisa Ann on uh, to the network, who is um, she's uh, I think she's I don't know the, I don't want to fuck up the title, but she's the most famous like um, you know adult uh, entertainer. No, adult, uh, but like MILF entertainer. Okay. She she was Nalen Palin. That was like her, her biggest like role. She played Sarah, Sarah Palin. But she's fucking really a great broadcaster. She's been on Sirius XM for years, uh, you know, doing um, like a fantasy sports radio show. So, yeah, we're setting up her with a couple things tomorrow. So just a little fun. How many podcasts are you personally on? Te- all right. Technically, I'm on four. And Legion of Skanks is your main one. That's yeah. Your- I got Legion of Skanks, which is like we just—it's just—it's filthy. It, we we just we tr- we talk about whatever is going on in the world that week, and we really just try to be as offensive as possible with it, which I think is really fucking healthy. I think we, I no, think you need it. I really think you—you you got to get it out there. People are pussies. Yeah, you, you got to get it out there. Yeah. And then I got uh, another one called Real Ass Podcast, which is kind of you know me just taking a little bit more of a serious take at stuff. And then uh, believe you me with Michael Bisping. And then I also host um, the Roast Masters, which is the East Coast version of Roast Battle. So uh, Brian Moses and Jeff Ross, they, they technically produce the show at the stand that I host it every week. But we have a podcast version of the show. So get, that goes out as well. And, and they're all available on my podcast network. And you're going on the road. 
Oh, yeah. Your yeah. girl moved to New York with you now. You're a new man. Yeah, yeah it's a whole thing, dude. She moved yeah, out. She, yeah, Look we at were you. doing long distance for like six months. And then, yeah. Good for you, man. You got shit going on. Always hustling. Yeah, I'm excited, I man. I always read your tweets and shit. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really pumped, dude. Good now for you, now man. we might get you on the fucking Legion of Skanks podcast next month. No, when you come here to LA, I think I'm home. So just keep 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 on me. Check the website. Yeah, Joe. Keep it on the website and I'll let you know what's crack a lack of brother. Fucking really, really good time together. No, I know. We do. That mushroom was nice. It hit me. Oh yeah. See, My the mushroom stomach... hit me. I got the thirty two minute mark. You almost got it... me to cry. There was a little, like, I felt it in my eye, and I was like, you fucking cocksucker. And uh, I stopped myself. Yeah. Good, good. But I don't even get to be on mushrooms to do that. If you just mentioned my mom. For I'm like sorry a, about that. No, it's okay. I have a mom that passed also, so I know where yeah. you're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, when you don't have a mom, you grow up a certain way. You grow up tough. Madonna didn't have a mom. A lot of people. Oh, my mom's good friend Madonna? Yeah. You know, <laughs> good friend Madonna. That's fucking crazy. And your dad died. He got stabbed in Patterson. Yeah. Yeah, you had it a little bit on the kick side. Good for you, man. You pull out of that. Yeah. You're not crying the blues. You're 35 now, right? Yeah. You're a good man. If you were going to be hung on heroin, you would have been stung on heroin already. That's it, baby. And you're fucking doing this hustle, man. I haven't tried it yet. Good. No, no, no. Don't try it. I'm, I gave some to Lee one night. Mm-hmm. He thought it was fucking. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. He thought it was. Uh, he thought it was an edible. Oh. I gave him a little heroin powder, like heroin dust, like the mushrooms. Tonight, you should have seen him. He was fucking. He was drooling. Till this day, he doesn't believe. Me. I didn't. You didn't ask. You know, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. It was a little cookie. I mean, you're not gonna oh. test positive now, but. Thank you. You would have a year and a half. <laughs> he dosed you with heroin. I would love to take a full drug test. Just to see. It's out of your system. How long does heroin stay in your system? Like a week? Not even. Yeah, that's three, days. No. three days. No, no, three days. Three days tops. Six months. Six months. There's no way he gave me heroin. The only way they could do is pull that one of the hairs from his beard just to see what's in this fucking beard. It'll take a long hair, like his pubic hair. Do you know all the How uh, long do you think time? my pubic hair is, Joe? It's not that long. Huh? Do you know the, all the amount of time it takes for drugs to stay in your system? When I was in the halfway house. You hear rumors and rumblings, three for cocaine, 30 for THC. Yeah, coke is three days. That's quick. In and out. No, but cocaine in and out. Those metabolites cook in your fucking body. Yeah. So let's pretend you get high on Monday, on Friday night. What are you going to do, two bumps? No, you're going to go deep. On Monday night? No, Friday night. What kind of fucking animal am I? Yeah, so let's say say you get the party started on Friday night. Yeah. And you go to Saturday morning. You're going to test positive until Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday at some part of the day, you'll be fine on Wednesday. If you drink water, go for a little run, lift some weights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Help a little bit. Help. Everything helps. You know what I'm saying? Sweat. If you you sweat, if you have a little THC, I know for a fact. I know that my last stint at the halfway house, I had a joint in my gym. I had a gym I paid $35 for in downtown Boulder at the time. I had a punching bag. Weights, a bench, and a cassette deck, and three cassettes. Like, that's it. I had, like, YouTube, Pyromania, and Kathy Dennis. And I would go in there at night, take two hits off the joint. It was a thin joint, and I go, and I put the joint out, and I get fucking baked. And I hit the bag, and I drink water, and I pee, and I keep doing that. And I get peed once a week, and I never came back positive. Really? And they always test you for THC. 
Yeah. One hit a week. Weed's supposed to be... One hit a week. For one a week. You can't be a fat fuck like I am now. I don't think it would work now. This is when yeah, I was it's, 20. It, the, I think your fat holds on to the This is when I was 27. The, I don't know. I read that one time something. Yeah, this is when know. I was 27, 28. I was doing the halfway house. 90, 89. Yeah. So what was going on was I forced myself to always drink cranberry juice, no soda, and tons of water. I would sit there at night with glass upon glass of water, especially if I did blow, and nothing really worked. I mean, mm. time is the healer of all wounds. I know now they have shit online. They have shit at head shops that you're clean within minutes. Really? I do not know no. any about that shit. No. Yep. Yes. Get yes. out of town. Clean within yes. minutes? If you know anything that cleans your urine, Please tweet it to fucking Louis Gomez over here. <laughs> I don't need to have clean urine, I don't think. No, no, but find out what it is. But it's interesting. So if somebody ever goes on your podcast, because I like to find out. Yeah. I like to find out what the fuck it is. That's I would love to know what it is. If it cleans your urine in minutes, where you can go and just you drink it or eat it, and then you know. When I went home, I had a friend that was on probation, and he said he had gotten hit on a Saturday to go pee on a Monday, and he drank one of those, and now he had another one in his glove compartment. And I go, what is that doing? He goes, to mask it. I'll come back clean. And he came back clean. My buddy, when I when I was younger, would take it because he had probation. He would get, they would check. And he knew when they were testing him. He knew exactly every time. And the way it worked is you had to buy like fucking three of them. And it was like a bright red liquid. You had to buy them at like a vitamin shop. And you had to, you had to, uh, there's rules about peeing. You couldn't, you had to pee a bunch before. This was you had, to, you had to pee a bunch before, okay? You had to Speaking pee like peeing. I gotta go pee. Yeah, gotta, Keep telling the story. But you had to pee like three or four times before you even took this the morning of. Right. Then you had to chug like fucking uh, the entire thing. It was like a sugary, crazy thing. And then your next pee had to be that pee. And when you peed, it was like a fucking bright, like orange color, and people were getting popped all the time for it. But I, I don't know if it like cleans your shit. Maybe maybe that's the same thing. Maybe that's that's scary. What about. I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I know he didn't, but how funny would it be if Joey just abandoned Jim? He was just like, ah, I gotta go. I know he didn't, but no. uh, if he just left, yeah, if he just left, and we just did the show together now, the Lee and Lewis show. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. See that? That's what what I don't understand. Like it, it, it sounds judgmental, and it, it is, I guess, kind of. But it's just like if you're on probation and you know what's gonna happen, like why put yourself through that? Why wouldn't you just stop? I have a buddy who's on probation like, still, now. Like, just especially stops. the weed. Like, look, here's I, I, the get, truth. I get if you're addicted to something really terrible. Yeah. Look, here, here's the truth. You know, it's probably good to stop smoking weed every once in a while. Yeah, I did I did like a week and it was great. You did a full week? Almost. I think I did like six days once when oh, Joey was gone for a while. That's not even impressive. It's not. It's that's the most I've done in six that's years. Unremarkable. You cannot see you even bring that into the conversation. No. Yeah. And you didn't smoke weed at all before you started hanging out with Joey? I mean, I had smoked occasionally, not yeah, nothing, nothing like uh, full term. But you weren't what the fuck you are today, which no. is a fucking pure beast of a human. And I've lost it because I, I was sick for a while, so I didn't, I didn't smoke any bong hits. I used to be not terrible at it. Now I'm terrible again. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Just it's interesting what we talked about. Tonight. I'm happy you fucking came on the podcast. We didn't talk about anything crazy. We talked about. Raising our kids and what our parameters were. Yeah. Know, which, uh, I don't know. I just uh, saw the effect it had on me. And when it came time to making the decision, that was the deal closer. That my mom does it. 
I'll be okay. Yeah. That was the decision all the way through. You think more kids would die with how it seems so easy to kill a child? You think about this, right? Like my kid, you know, he's a fucking pretty smart kid. And I think about like how close his head has come to hitting like the corners of tables and like cracking his head on fucking like whatever it is, dude. Just everyday life. He's almost when he was a baby, he was almost dying fucking I don't know, maybe that's me just being a paranoid father, but it just felt like he was inches from death at every single moment. I'm surprised more kids don't die, is what I'm saying. Oh, I hope none of them do die. <laughs> me too. What you're such a nicer you're such a nicer person than I am. No, no, no. I don't ever want children to die, bro. What no, I, of course. Who wants children to die? Don't even put that out there. Don't even mention it out of your lips. I'm going to knock on wood. Don't put the fucking maluk on anybody. Yeah. You, always, you always want, you know, you never want to bury a child, bro. You yeah. want them to bury you when you're old and fucking sick and ready to punch the fucking ticket. What's your next date? Talk to me here, Tarzan. Uh, March 23rd, 24th, Boston. Nick's Comedy Stop. The oh, week, shit. Week after, be in Los Angeles with the Legion of Skanks. Um, so, yeah, come out, support GomezComedy.com. GasDigitalNetwork.com is the uh, the website. There's 17 podcasts on the network now. So, uh, yeah, come Christ. check us out. You're a fucking regular... Dick Clark, cocksucker. I love it. Don't forget, you savages. Austin is sold out. So I'll see you next week in Charlotte, North Carolina at the motherfucking Comedy Zone. All right? And that's it. That's all I got right now. I got a date in Denver. I'm waiting to hear on the fucking surgery. So I'll keep you detailed on that. And that's it. I want to thank my main man, Mr. Gomez, for stopping at the short trip. He could have been doing a thousand things. Instead, he came in here and fucking... Drop some knowledge on him. He ate some mushrooms like a man. That's starting to hit Lee. Oh, the start. This is another episode of Lee in outer space. Not quite. <laughs> Where's the horn, Lee? You haven't played the horn in a long time. The horn? The the siren and shit. Oh. Yeah, hit me with the siren, Lee. This is what you'll be feeling like at midnight tonight, Lee. By yourself. <laughs> While well, we're young, Lee. Yeah. Before people shoot themselves. <laughs> that is tremendous. I love that fucking horn. All right, give it a breather. <laughs> Does your business have any New Year's resolutions? Here's an important one every business should consider. Make your hiring process more efficient and effective. This year, let ZipRecruiter help. No one has done a better job of transforming how you find your business, and the right talent than they have, all right? In need of a great talent for your business, this is it. ZipRecruiter approached your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invite them to apply. They even review every application to identify the top candidates so you never miss a great match, okay? That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, period. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, today, our listeners, our family, 
can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Free, free, free. That's right. Free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash church, C-H-U-R-C-H. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash church, all right? Listen, ZipRecruiter posts your job to 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. One more time, this is for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash church. Number two, I got to thank my family over there at Honor that I'm going to see this weekend while I'm in Austin. As far as supplements are concerned, they are the fucking cream. They're like crop. From Alpha Brain to New Mood to Shroom Tech Immune. You know how many fucking Shroom Tech Immunes I'll pop before I get on that fucking plane? I'll be sitting next to three little Japanese guys with masks, and I'll be blowing at them the whole fucking time. <laughs> Tip-top Magoo, because I took my fucking uh, on it. Shroom Tech Immune. Shroom Tech Immune here. I'm forgetting my words. I'm sorry. You know how it goes. It's the end of the podcast. What do you want? Anyway, listen. Don't take it from me. Go to honor.com right now. And look at the great selection of supplements with Alpha Brain, New New Mood, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune. Listen, you can't go wrong. You want to go on extra round of jujitsu? Look at the uh, Shroom Tech Sport. Let your lungs expand when you eat those fucking mushrooms of death. Aubrey's gotten those delicious containers. You understand me? You'll be jumping up and down for days. But listen, don't take it from me. Go to honor.com right now and press in. Church. Bam. And get 10% off your first order. Delivered right to the crib. Who's better than you? I want to thank Zip Recruiter one more time. I want to thank Honor one more time. I want to thank my man Louis Lopez o- Gomez. I'm sorry. I always fuck up people's names. Louis Lopez Louis, is a good man in Louis Gomez. I want to thank him again. I want to thank the Christ Killer. And I want to thank you, the church family, for fucking support. And don't forget the 25th of January, Charlotte, the Comedy Zone, bitches. Let's do it. It's going to be cold. Listen, the mule's on its way. I got the mule. Just in case he breaks down, I gave the fucking guy on the mule roller skates. The weed <laughs> and the stars will get to Charlotte. See you Wednesday night. I love you, motherfucker. Stay black. Have a great day. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Black people, rise, cocksucker.